Welcome to the Building Excellence Podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Miles. The Building Excellence Podcast is all about sharing inspiring stories from some of the most successful athletes, coaches, business minds, and thought leaders to help you build excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. We hope this show provides you with tremendous value. If you find the show impactful, please share with a friend and on social media, as well as subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. Thanks. Now let's get to the show and start building excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Building Excellence Podcast. I've got Justin Games with me. Uh, He is the athletic trainer at Furman University. And so thanks for being on here. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Like I I said, uh, um, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, Pleasure to kind of share my thoughts on some things. And, uh, you know, hopefully you guys get some, some a few good tidbits out of it and uh um really really excited yeah well i'm excited to have you on i'm excited for the conversation if you wouldn't mind just kind of give us some background on yourself growing up uh what, what that was like and just some context behind that yeah so I, we were just kind of talking talking beforehand and um i i think you know discussing mentors and and my history and my family um you really need to start with my grandfather and he was, he was a really huge Im- impact on my life. Um, I'll brag on him a little bit just because I, his, his story to me is incredible. Um, he was, uh, came from, didn't come from much. He was one of six or seven kids. Um, he, he, his joke was always, you had to eat fast because sometimes, sometimes you don't get, you don't get to your second serving. So he was always a, a real quick eater. Um, but, um, you know, throughout his life, he had an incredible work ethic, you know, even though he didn't come from much, um, he was able to, he was able to start school at Ohio State, um, was then drafted, this is the middle of World War II, um, he was sent over to the Philippines, and this is where they were getting ready to, um, they were getting ready to invade Japan, and, you know, the, the casualty rate was, 99 percent you know invading japan and he you know that's when truman decided to drop the nuclear bomb so he didn't have to go so for the rest of his life he always said um harry truman's my guardian angel and i think that provided a lot of perspective for him um in terms of you know hey couldn't be here you know and that certainly rubbed off on me. So he came back, war ended, he came back, um, ended up playing football at the Miami of Ohio. And he played for, now I know you're a, probably an SEC Big 12 guy, but uh, he played for Woody Hayes, legendary coach of Ohio State. He played with Bo Beckler, legendary coach at uh, Michigan, as well as Eric Parsegian, the legendary coach at Notre Dame. And um, can you describe what are those schools again? I don't, I've never heard of those. Yeah, yeah, good one. Good one. Good one. Um, do a quick Google search. You'll, uh, you'll, you'll figure out what a real rivalry is about. Okay. It's a step above that Red River. But anyway. Okay. Um, so he plays football at Miami. They, they go 12 and 0. They win the Sun Bowl, which, you know, can be argued as a national championship. Um, he goes from there. Um, starts working at GM. He then goes to MIT, gets a, gets a fellowship at MIT, um, where he writes a dissertation. It's called, a, it's called Compact Impact. 
which was in 19, the 1950s was a dissertation on the impact of compact cars. Really? Um, so way ahead of his time, true visionary. Um, he ends up being the, uh, the director of um, like a quality control position, sustainability, reliability for the entire Fisher body plant and region in, in, for GM. Um, but what really resonates for me and why he's such a huge role model for me is that despite all of those successes, what he talks about most is his time in sports. He talks about Bo Schembechler, he talks about Woody Hayes, he talks about Air Force he talks about all of these, all of these, um, you know, historical figures, historical coaches. Um, so when I'm growing up, I see this person, right? And he's, you know, he's at the upper echelon of GM and he has all these amazing stories. Like, you know, I wish he was still here to tell me all these stories he did because they're all hilarious. You know, he's got a real flat nose. He's broken it like eight times. He played nose. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And uh, so like one of those, those hog mollies get down and dirty type guys, you know, just like his story is. And um, despite all of those things, all he ever talked about was sports. All he ever talked about was, was how meaningful those guys were to him. And um, so when I'm growing up, you know, he definitely, you know, it wasn't like, Hey, how are your grades? It's like, Hey, how's football practice going? How's football <laughs> practice going? How's so, um, he definitely valued that in, in my upbringing. So my upbringing was a lot of travel baseball, played football in high school, played travel soccer. I swam, played every time we saw each other, we played golf. Um, so that's, that's a big part of, of me. You know, anytime that he came to town, he and my dad would play gin together, so they'd play golf. So, so literally anytime we saw each other, it was, it was strategy, competition, all of those things. Um, so essentially, you know, I had a, I had a, you know, a great upbringing, you know, I had, I had, uh, I went to private school and private high school. My dad was the, the T-ball coach. He coached me for a lot of my life. Um, but it really centered a lot around athletics. That was, that was my, that was my childhood. You know, it was my dad, um, he for the longest time he ran a he ran a computer business that you know he just catered to you know individual home computers before the internet era um nashville doesn't doesn't have an income tax dell moved in so that was kind of the end of the computer business for him so he's he, he did some logistics for a while um did some mortgages now he's retired um but my mom um, she is more on the education side. She did, uh, she tutored for a long time. She taught for a while, ended up working in publishing, um, and published actually, you know, a few books. I don't know if you've, uh, Bobby Bowden's, um, called the coach. Yes. Yeah, really. That one. She published that one. Um, so she's, she's had her hand in some of this stuff too. So, um, you know, basically, and, and, and Missy would laugh, you know, at our rehearsal dinner, you know, everyone kind of just, they talk about, you know, what are, what are the qualities of bride and groom and get they give your toast. And I think everyone stood up for me and said, Justin's most competitive person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so, so that's me, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's my upbringing. That's, that's who I am. And, um, you know, I, I think a big part of that is, is why I got into athletic training 
Um, you know, I played played football in high school. You know, we won a couple of straight championships, and I, I did have a um, I did have a pretty significant ankle injury at that time. This is one of those that black and blue all the way up the leg. And, uh, you know, I remember our athletic trainer, his name was Bob Freesorger and, and his, you know, all athletic trainers have cool nicknames, I feel like. So we <laughs> called him Freeze, you know? And um, I remember just being really diligent. Like I wanted to get back so bad. Like this was in the off season and one of missing games. And, um, you know, he, he took me through the rehab process and as bad as the ankle sprain was, you know, I was back in a week and I was like, wow, this is, this is, you know, that kind of opened my eyes to the things. And he had come from Florida. He was a GA under Spurrier, the Danny Warfold, Ike Hilliard, that, that, that team. Um, so, you know, he had a good knowledge of athletics, obviously high level athletics. And, and that was kind of my intro to, to athletic training. Um, you know, and I, I pretty much knew from the get go, that that was something I wanted to do. I wanted to stay in sports. I wanted to I wanted the competitive outlet. I wanted the, you know, um, I, didn't, I didn't necessarily want the stress of coaching, um, but, uh, you know, the, 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 the melded health interest, you know, the competition, the athletics, the, the team, you know, you always hear these guys that retire, you know, what do you miss the most about sports? It's always the guys, it's always the team, you know, and, um, you know, I wanted that. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, I feel like I feel like the athletic training room is like the barbershop. You know, that's where like everyone yeah. that the jokes get told. That's where, you know, everyone's a little bit looser. Um, I'm not the I'm not a coach, so I'm kind of in the middle. I just, you know, it's always it's always good for a big debate. You know, who's yeah. the greatest? Who's the goat? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That type of stuff. So um, I love that. You know, the water cooler talk like that's going into it like some of the things that i thought i would really like about athletic training um i would say the reason that i love it the way i do are, are not the things that i thought i would like about it to begin with you know just the relationships and and the people that uh i've come across and gotten to know and seen grow and develop um you know and you and played and played a role in some of that as well like that's that's the most rewarding part of it um but it's 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 been a cool journey yeah, absolutely. If you want to get guys fired up, you just ask them who's better, LeBron or MJ and, oh, yeah. uh, or Kobe. Kobe, too. You can't the forget one, that. <laughs> yeah, the one that really gets it, especially because, you know, we have a couple athletes, different sports that come down here. And the one that really gets everybody fired up is what, what sport has the best athletes? <laughs> everyone gets real, you know, they start trying to trying to fight for their sport. And um, yeah, those are those are some good ones. Yeah, and for those that don't know, that debate, whatever it is, it never ends. Like it just keeps going <laughs> yeah. to the next day and the next day and the next day. Yeah, so yeah, it, it post from Sports Center. What you know, I feel like on the on the monthly, you know. Yeah, yeah. So you get to you get to you get to develop really good relationships with the guys for sure, hands down. You're in there. It, it, that's a great uh, analogy of it being like the barbershop. Yeah. But let's go back, kind of your story. You had. You had these family members and, and you're involved in athlete, athletics your entire life. So how did you wind up? You went to college at University of Miami, Ohio, correct? Correct. Yeah. So how did you wind up there? You said your grandpa went to school well, there, played football. My grandfather played football. Um, so that was the family tie. Um, and, you know, I, I think I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. 
Um, but I'm Midwestern. My whole family's from Detroit. Both sides of my family worked for GM. And um, I didn't want to stay in the South. I wanted to do something different. I was the only one from my high school that, that went back up there. And I chose there because obviously my family went there and, and my connection to my grandfather. Um, you know, he passed away right before I went to college. Um, and, you know, I, that was that was a big part of it. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to experience what my family experienced, you know? Um, so it was an unconventional route for a Southerner. I mean, I feel like most people are wanting the Saturday football, the SEC, that's where most people went. Uh, I did have a few go to Furman from my high school. I went to, you know, a private high school. Um, so I went up to Miami and, and um, yeah, it was, it was great. You know, it was, it was the experience I needed, uh, met some phenomenal people, got some exposure to some things that, that I probably necessarily wouldn't have gotten. You know, I got to work with the number one hockey team in the nation, but yeah, I'm not going to get that anywhere else. Um, so, and then from there I went to West Virginia. Um, at that point I was kind of thinking I wanted to do football, wanted to kind of get into the NFL. I had done an internship for the Titans in 2008. Um, Vince Young, Chris Johnston, that, that team. And then, um, that was actually during the when I graduated from West Virginia. It was actually during the uh, NFL lockout. So when I was trying to apply for jobs, um, those internships kind of weren't really available coming out. So I ended up just getting a job, and we moved to Chicago from there. Um, my wife, architect, you know, big architecture city, um, worked in a junior college right outside Chicago, um, which is a great experience. Totally different from anything I've ever seen. You know, I, I come from a, um, I'd gone to private, private high school my whole life. And then I go to Miami and then I get, you know, West Virginia. And then I go to junior college in Chicago, you know, totally different. And it's the best experience that I could have had because um, totally different demographic. Got to relate to people differently. And uh, I think that's, that's one of the, um, the biggest benefits of athletic training is got to be flexible, got to relate to people on all levels. And, um, you know, that, I wouldn't be who I am without that. You know, it's just totally different. Even totally different from Furman, you know, different sure. athlete, different person, different, different demographic. So it was, it was good. Yeah. Well, when you got to Miami, Ohio, did you already decide on athletic training? Because you talked about that experience in football, having that ankle injury. And sometimes I'm sure in the moment, that was not something that you wanted to go through. I'm sure you wanted to be playing. You didn't want to have to be in the training room all the time. You're trying to get better. But at the same time, it exposed you to athletic training and obviously kind of altered a little bit of your tra trajectory into athletic training. So when you went to Miami, was that something on your radar already or was yeah, it? Yeah, that was that my major was predetermined. That's what I wanted to do. Um, now, I did. I can't say with 100 percent certainty that I was like, you know, pedal to the metal from the very beginning. You know, I did get an additional degree, a degree in exercise science. Um, I was debating whether or not I wanted to go to PT school. Um, but I, I, again, I knew that I wanted to stay around sports, whether it was a physical therapist that is strictly with a team. Um, I did some clinic hours there and which is more of like a general population demographic. Um, and, and I just didn't like it as much, you know, that's not why I wanted to get into it. So decided I wanted to kind of go the sports route. And I did that internship in 2008 with the Titans, which you know, that's my hometown team. We were season ticket holders forever. Um, kind of from that point it was this is it this is it for me yeah so, 
it was, well, it was pretty it was pretty immediate and pretty direct i would say and I, and i know i'm 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 not i'm not the norm in that front it's certainly normal to you know people switch all the time you know you just until you find your purpose um you know it could take a couple of tries I, i'm certainly lucky in that regard that hey this is what i want to do you know and there's always there's always been that that direction for me yeah absolutely we'll talk about you know your your experience being around that hockey team because some of the best in the in the nation because i'm not really super familiar with hockey so i don't really know but talk about just the leadership because to have to have a high level team like that what did you learn just being around in terms of leadership in terms of uh um, just in general so it, it, it was the miami hockey team was sort of a, a sleeping giant in my opinion um, their head coach, Rico Blasi, was an alum there, and they played in it, – it's a very similar story to what I feel like is going on here at Furman. They played in a very outdated arena, but it was, it was, it was very small and super loud. And the environment there was unbelievable. You know, so I, I would put it next to any playoff hockey environment in in the nhl i really would i mean it was so loud in there um you know the facilities weren't great the athletic training room was small um but they didn't lose there ever and um they called it he called it the brotherhood is what he called their team when he refers to the team he calls it the brotherhood and that that in my mind was so powerful um in terms of their connection as a unit like those guys were they were as connected as you can be and you know eventually they end up because they were so successful we, they built this huge arena and, and it, it and it just changed it just continued to grow you know um so the brotherhood you know that's that's what bonded them and eventually they're beginning all the you know they're progressively better and better recruits um you know, from that team, you know, I think there's, there were five, five or six that ended up playing in some capacity in the NHL. Didn't have long careers, but did play. Um, but I guarantee if you talk to those guys, they would all say, again, that those were the best, that was the best experience they had because of how close they were. And that's mm-hmm. always what makes good teams is how they're bonded and how they're, um, how connected they are. Yeah. Did you get to deal with football at all while you're at Miami, Ohio? I did. Um, that experience was not so much of a brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, okay. I think my, the year that I worked for them. So this is right after my freshman year was the year after Ben Roethlisberger graduated. Now he graduated, but he left. So they were a really strong team Okay. in the country. They had one loss. Um, so he left, he went pro and, there was a coaching change. They left, he left to go to Indiana, Coach Hepner. Um, and then the offensive coordinator took the job at Miami and just kind of really wasn't the same. So by the time I worked with them my senior year, I think they went two and 13. Two gotcha. And 11. Um, and certainly a different experience from, you know, the hockey, the hockey, the hockey one. Um, and really, really different from any other experience I had. I, I missed that off season because I was working with the Titans. Mm-hmm. That was the year they started ten and zero. Um, 
Well, so it's definitely, you know, black and white in terms of what makes, what can make good teams and what doesn't, you know? Oh yeah. Um, injuries kind of stack up when you get, when you get to that point and, you know, just a lot of pressure in terms of pressure to win and pressure on injured players to get back, um, you know, tough, but at the same time, it, it's good. To, it's good to see where it can be as opposed to where it is, you know, in our current situation, we've had really successful seasons. Um, gives you perspective in knowing that it's not always like that, you know? Absolutely. Well, and that's one of the things I'm, I'm excited to have you on because throughout your experiences, you get to work for uh, the hockey team and see that type of environment and the, the brotherhood behind it. You might get to see some, a team that's struggling maybe a little bit from, you know, on the football team on that standpoint, but also you get to be around the Titans and West Virginia at Furman and seeing how it's grown at Furman being a Juco. There's just all these experiences that you've had at different levels with different leadership. And you get to see the ins and outs of how all these uh, organizations are intertwined and what they believe and how they go about developing and building a culture. So you have that unique experience, but even in college right there, you get to see some, some great teams at that time succeed. And then you get to see a little bit, maybe of disappointment probably from, from their perspective, but you get to see, what it looks like to struggle through a season, to grind through a season, or to to really press into a season when it's all exciting and, and people are working towards a championship, really. Um, so it's it's just a unique perspective that you have, uh, even just in those those college years for you. Right. So you, you transition out of, of college and you wind up uh, getting an opportunity to go and be, a, was it a GA, is that correct? Or? Yeah, it was a GA at West Virginia, um, and I worked – I actually worked the club sports there. So um, I got to work, and this was my first experience with, so I worked men's and women's rugby, I worked hockey, and I worked um, cross. So you can imagine just with those sports, and the fact that it's a club sports changes things too, um, because they don't have the facilities and resources that necessarily a college athlete would have. So, you, you know, you get your weekend warriors that are playing that aren't necessarily can get conditioned or, or doing the things they should. So um, saw some really good injuries in that time. And um, that was a really good experience for me because, you know, you come out of, you come out of, of undergrad and you've just passed your BOC and, and now you're certified and it's time to apply all of your knowledge. Well, um, no better way than, than starting to see some injuries right, right away. So, yeah. um, it's kind of a baptism by fire, but again, it's, it, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, because you need to, you just need to work through some of that to, to be confident in your skills, you know, because you could easily get put into a, um, a situation that, uh, that, uh, you know, is life-threatening and you got to be able to respond. So, um, that was, that was another good experience for me as well. Yeah. What was the kind of the gnarliest injury you saw? Uh, without a doubt, the, 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 the worst one I saw was a, this is a rugby game, rugby match, excuse me. Yeah. And pouring rain. Right. And I would say, maybe a foot of rain but doesn't matter no lightning we're playing okay that's just that's just rugby all right so i don't know if you have much experience with rugby but you can't you can't throw the ball forward you got to throw it backward so this guy is running towards the sideline and he is trying to save this ball and he's kind of running at a forward 
forward angle. So he steps, but he can't throw it forward. So he's got to pivot and throw it back. So he plants and his foot gets stuck in this mud. And um, it, it that's, that's planted and his body's going the other way. So I, I get over there and it, his, his ankle looks okay. Like he's, he's clearly kind of put it to where it should be. And uh, I'm like, you're right. And he goes, my, my leg's broken. And I'm like, I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, it's broken. So I go over to pick it up and the thing just kind of, just kind of, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at this point he's, he's, he's laying there and obviously that, that did not feel good. Um, so I, I, you know, I get a splint on it and this is, this is the day before he's supposed to leave for spring break. He's supposed to go to Panama city. He looks at me dead in the face. He's like, I'm not canceling my trip. I'm going to Panama city. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and like you know didn't shed a tear was just like stone face like i'm going <laughs> okay well that's going to be your decision but i need to get you an ambulance right now so i split him he gets an ambulance he goes and he, he ends up having emergency surgery he did not end up going to um to panama city poor guy um, but uh <laughs> yeah he uh he uh, he ended up having a full tib tib fracture, ankle dislocation. Um, that's probably that one sticks out of my mind as the worst mm-hmm. in, in terms of just ugly. You know? Yeah, so. yeah. There's a lot of you know, yeah. All, all those sports you talked about are pretty intense sports. So, so you have that experience. You wound up going to. Uh, were you thinking about getting the NFL actually? Because that was kind of the direction you wanted yeah, to that, go that in the lockout. Like, you know, the internship and then kind of the lockout happened. So um, I, you know, I just needed a job at that point. So um, got that job in Chicago. Really, just more so out of necessity. Um, since Missy was looking in um, the direction of bigger cities, just for architecture, I was kind of applying there as well. Um, and then just, you know, nothing special about it. Just that's what, that's, that's what came to me first and took it. And uh, we moved to Chicago and, you know, we lived three, three, four blocks from Wrigley, which was amazing. You know, just, it was a pain that we're trying to find a parking spot, you know, on, on game nights, but, you know, here in the, you could hear the crowd and you could hear the go Cubs go when they win. And um, yeah, great vibe in that city for sure. That, that's a sports town. That's a sports town. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So at the junior college you were at, what sports were you handling? So it's, it always works a little bit different at those, those, those levels. Um, you know, it was myself and one other athletic trainer. We covered everything. It was football, volleyball, both soccers. Um, it was a golf team. A wrestling team there was very strong. Um, so again, you know, a lot of experience, a lot of people coming through your door, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people that you know form relationships with and and you have impact on especially at that level um so um yeah all of them to answer your question yeah and so for those that don't know already just doing one or two sports or just one sport is a huge time commitment so you go in and you're having to do all those sports i mean what what was that like from a time perspective it, it definitely looks different um when you have one or two sports you can get you can get more specific into your plan with each athlete 
um, like I was kind of addressing earlier, the assessment piece, um, some of the data that we have on each guys and addressing limitation and deficit, um, that assessment can't necessarily happen when you have that many sports. You're really more so um, triage. It's, you know, it's, if someone has a significant injury in that setting, it's very hard when you have, let's say 400 athletes, it's very hard to spend an hour and a half rehabbing somebody, you know, when you have so many other commitments, you, you really have to kind of, you're kind of a first responder in those situations just because of sheer time. And, um, you know, we had, our training room was, it was, it was two beds, you know, here at Furman in this, in this facility, we have eight, you know, and that's, that's for much fewer athletes. Um, so it's very different in terms of how you can, um, how you can help, but, you know, again, you're, you're still, those are still people you're seeing every day and still people that you can make an impact on. And, and, um, you know, my biggest goal is, um, you know, I want, I want to make sure that I want to promote health, you know, and you can still do that in those settings, you know, health. Health is not just is not just the hour you spend with me in treatment. It's not just you know what you do in the weight room or practice. It's twenty four seven. It's how you sleep, how you eat. Um, so you can still make an impact in someone's life just promoting health. And that's my biggest goal. And that's my biggest focus in those settings is um, is the education piece on. Um, basically giving someone the resources or teaching them how they can best pursue a healthy lifestyle, you know, what's best for them. Um, so despite the fact that the numbers are different, you can, you can still, you can still have a voice. Absolutely. Yeah. So you wound up, uh, from there moving to Furman where you're currently at, correct? Um, yes, yes. Well, that was shockingly seven years ago. So we've been down here for now seven seasons, seven seasons for basketball. So yep. yeah, that's awesome. So if you wouldn't mind just describe kind of a day in day out type thing that you do with, uh, with Furman. Um, so my role is kind of, it's kind of changed. Um, initially when we moved down here, I was, I was basketball and tennis. I have sort of taken over some more administrative stuff, do the insurance side of, of, of the billing and all that stuff. That's, that's the boring piece, but um, I'm now specifically just working with basketball. Um, so what a, what a, what a daily uh, routine will look like for me. I'll typically get here at eight. And then in that, in that window between eight and 12 um, will be treatment time will be, you know, any, any, any individual needs that, that need to happen will, will become in that time. And currently we're lifting. So I'll see a lot of guys, um, floor after weights, you know, getting them warmed up, um, any specific, um, injuries that need, that need some maintenance, uh, that happens in that time. Um, you know, on, on lighter days when I don't have really any injuries, um, you know, I'll go up and watch weights. I want to see how they're moving. I want to see how, you know, what can we work on? Um, you know, myself and I, I mentioned Matt Aldred earlier, our strength coach, you know, we've been able to, we've been able to institute a lot of new technology. We, we use force plates here. We use 
um, Connexon, which I know got a lot of press in terms of contact tracing, but they do have a performance performance system that tracks accelerations and jumps and loads and all that stuff. Um, so those are some things, some things that also, you know, I'll also look at at that time, you know, what, what are some areas that can improve? And, and those are always great numbers um, showing deficits. Um, so, so we go back and forth. We have a great, great relationship on, on, um, you know, how to attack each day, um, what our plan is, what each guy needs. So that all happens in the morning. And then typically there'll be some sort of team workout. And then in which case, you know, it'll be pre-practice prep taping. Um, then they'll do some sort of film and then a practice afterward. And I'll obviously cover that practice, watch that practice in depth, make sure there's, you know, no injury, no, no, um, you know, make sure there's not any needs there. And then uh, so probably an additional treatment after practice if they need it, a lot of recovery. Um, and then I'll go home and that's the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, you know, right now you're in the off season, but, you know, during the season, one of the things I think people don't understand as we were talking before is the, the time demands that you guys put yourself in to make sure the athletes are healthy, that they're at peak performance, that they're getting back from injury, whatever that might be. And during the season, uh, there's a ton of, of pressure to get those guys that are injured quickly recovered in a healthy way and the right way, but doing it as quick as possible to make sure that they're able to get back and play because you only have that window of a couple months throughout the season and you train for all the rest of the months throughout the year. So those are the, the, the peak time that you have to have guys at their optimum performance and really helping them excel to get to that point. Um, so talk about a little bit about, is there pressure on you when, uh, you know, throughout the season, as you're trying to get guys healthy, um, the time constraints, what is, what does pressure look like to you? So, um, I, I always joke with our, with our football staff, you know, they always, they get in the way the football schedule is, is set up is they really have, it's like, Hey, let's get them ready for Saturday. You know, they have one game, um, with basketball, you catch an injury at the wrong time. That person could miss three three to five games, easy. Um, so I guess there is always time on pressure. There's always the um, as quick as as quick as you can do it, you know. Um, but I really, I, I really think pressure is a privilege, you know. I I think that I, you know I have 17 players as well as a coaching staff, and I really view it as a privilege to be able to. Um, to have their trust, they have their trust in me with the decisions that I'm making for the best benefit of their health. Um, I really think that's a privilege. And if you look at it that way, it's really not a burden. You know what I mean? There's there's 350 Division One athletic trainers that work college basketball, and I'm one of them. You know, that's that's a pretty small number. So, um, no, I, I don't think I feel pressure because because I know that. You know, obviously, I don't want them. I don't want them hurt. You know, I'm going to do everything I can to get them back, um, and they want to be back. You know, so it's it's not it's not my fault. You know that they, you know sometimes some things you just can't prevent. You know what I mean? If someone gets punched in the face, it's like yeah, it's going to hurt. You know, there's yeah. going to be a response there. Like I can't stop that. Um, so you know, it's it's not, to me, it's not a burden. And I think, you know, like I said, it, it's a privilege to be where I am. And I'm definitely grateful for that, for that opportunity, because, um, I, you know, I think that, I think I'm lucky, 
you know, to, to be to be in that situation that people come to me for this, I'm able to make an impact, I'm able, I'm able to tell people about health and how to go about their day and, and how to recover. And I, I think that's, that education process is something that will last them forever. You know, so um, I don't necessarily ever feel that burden. I'm also a pretty laid back guy. So like, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a big stressor, you know, so a lot of coaches can be high strung and um, when it comes to that stuff, but in, in the reality is, you know, if they, they have an injury, it's, it's no one's fault, you know, and, and I'll say this about, you know, the coach I currently work, work with Bob, you know, he, he gives me, he gives me a hundred percent autonomy to, you know, he trusts me unconditionally to, to whatever decision, you know, he, he's going to go with, you know, he knows that I have their best interests at heart. Um, and at the end of the day, it's just a game. Like we're talking about a life, we're talking about, a, a, you know, a, a human body that I make the wrong decision, potentially it, it could have lasting impacts. Um, so again, you know, I want to win. Everyone wants to win, but at the end of the day, priority is always going to be health and safety. You know, this is a person before a player. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Uh, pressure is a privilege. Um, that's, that's such a great mindset to have any opportunity that comes your way, looking at it as a privilege rather than pressure or anxiety or whatever that might be. But you talked about how your current boss, uh, Bob, Coach Ritchie, has given you complete trust. That only comes from you doing a good job for a, a period of time to gain trust. Like, yeah, trust is not just given, it, it's earned, right? And so you're doing a good job throughout the process of the time that you've been at Furman. Obviously, throughout all the experiences that you've had, you've tried to do the best job you can. Um, I want to get a little bit into, you talked about one of the, the core things that you want to do is promoting health. Like, how do people live a healthy lifestyle and, and how do people um, implement health and not just maybe working out, but sleeping and eating and all these different facets of that? Um, so, I mean, it can, it can start, it can start as basic as, as, as you want it to. Um, you know, there's, there is, you can get lost in the details of what good diet looks like. I mean, there's, there's a million fad diets and there's a million, um, different ways to go about things. But I think the thing to remember is, um, there's going to be things that work for, for some people that don't always work for others. Um, so even if it's just, you know, just going and taking a 10 minute walk, my philosophy is always movement is medicine. You know, I think, I think with social media, um, and especially this quarantine, as much as we were sedentary and, um, I, I think, a lot of a lot of issues can be solved with just moving, you know, just getting outside. Like, you know, we're inside more than ever. Um, just get outside, and get some vitamin D, you know. And um, I also think that it doesn't it doesn't have to be, you know, you need to work out for ninety minutes every day. I think if you just eat in moderation. I mean, obviously, there's there's more detail to this. Um, you know, I, I, a big topic of my reading is is our food what's in our food um and the, you can get we can talk about that forever but um you know just make good choices you know it's 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 obvious that a you know a, a you know a chicken salad is going to be better than cheetos you know what i mean it's it, it can be real basic so i think i think the the takeaway is that you can really get lost in the details of, of how do you live a healthy lifestyle and i think the important thing to remember is that it's different for everybody but the one thing that I would recommend is 
just get outside and move. You know, if it's 10, 15 minutes um, outside on a walk on a 70 degree day, um, you're going to feel good after that. You know, like that's, that's all you need to start with. Um, obviously it looks different for your elite athlete. Like, you know, they're training, they're training. Um, and their soreness and their recovery looks a lot different. You know, we do a bunch of supplements. We do a bunch of, you know, stretching recovery. You got Norma Tech boots and we've got, you know, an ice tank and, and, and all of the contrast bat and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's different for them because, and that's the value of having just one sport is you can really get into, into that stuff. And, um, you know, I've got a lot of certifications in Graston. Um, I've got one in Fat Tool. I do cupping um coming up here on a, on a dry needling course like all of that stuff to address soft tissue um that's going to help and and that's not something obviously that's available to the common person but the my message to the common person is, is movement is medicine use it or lose it you know that's that's all that's that's the only thing you gotta remember and then just just make reasonable choices with with your food yeah if, if i could say anything that you know that's obviously very generic but I think that that also goes a long way. Are you a fan of, uh, do you ever read or listen to Tim Grover at all? I have not. No. Okay. He's, he's a guy, he was a trainer for Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. And anyway, I was listening to a podcast by him and he said, he said, yeah, I got some simple advice. And this is just kind of a jokingly, he's like, if people want to lose weight, what they need to do is they need to work out and eat better. (laughs) I mean, it's, it sounds close. So she cliche, but I mean, if you just remember that, I think it goes a long way. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking to myself too, but it it really is. I mean, it can be as simple as that. We, we know in some ways the things we need to do from a, from a, a simple level, but, um, you know, the details we can get lost in and it can prevent yeah. us from actually doing the, yeah, the think, thing that we need to do. I think it's a product of your environment. I think we're all products of our environment. You know, if, if you just don't buy that stuff, you're not going to be tempted to eat it. But if you continue to keep the, the diet Coke in the house, you're going to see it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just don't bring it in. And uh, that's a great book, by the way. I don't know if you read Atomic Habits. But Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of referencing that one there. Um, but yeah, it's... It, Again, the social media environment and all of that stuff, the pandemic, um, we're as, as sedentary as we've ever been. So um, making an effort to change your environment and change your habits and all of those things, they can add up. Yeah. And it's amazing. Something as simple as changing a habit where you have, you know, stop putting Coke in the fridge on the second level where it's easy to grab. Something right. as, as micro as that right. uh, can really expand from a macro level as well. Discipline people, you know, if they see it every day. They're going to slip up here and there if it's there, if the environment is, is right. Um, they just, they're just more disciplined in how they create their environment. Yeah. We'll talk about sleep. You know, how important is sleep? You know, um, myself and, um, you know, reference our strength coach, Matt Aldred, he, you know, we're, we're sleep junkies, him probably more so, especially than me. Um, but I'm sure you've seen the graphics, you know, if, if someone, if a pharmaceutical some company said, hey, here's a drug that will improve your quality of life, you'll have more energy, and you'll feel better, and it's free, people would probably take it. Well, that's how I feel about sleep. You get, you get an eight-hour eight hour sleep, that, that, is, that is the best thing you can have do for your recovery, in my opinion, that and hydration. Um, so... A lot of times, especially college, look, I was in college once and I went to bed at 2 a.m. And, you know, I 
we did those things, you know, it's, but if, if you're working out and you're going to bed at 2 a.m. and waking up for a 7 a.m. workout, your body's not, not regenerated. It's just not. Um, so again, and the quality of sleep matters. So is, are you on your phone at night? Are you, are you watching Netflix till 2 a.m.? Are you one of these guys that falls asleep with the TV on, you know? Um, and I think that's a mistake that we all make, you know, Matt, for example, he puts his, he puts his phone on airplane mode. No one can get to him. You know what I mean? No, no, no notifications, none of that. Um, so I think all of those things are, are, are easy to do in order to ensure a night's sleep. Because if you're on your phone until 2 AM, um, the depth of your sleep isn't going to be very good. You know, you're not going to fall asleep as, as quickly. Uh, maybe you're one of these one of these people whose head starts spinning, can't can't turn their brain off. There's a lot of those people out there. Um, so whatever whatever your nighttime routine looks like, um, it's important. You know, I sleep with a humidifier. You know, we're all dehydrated when we wake up because we're not consuming food or water. So you know, that's something that I turn on every single night just to kind of help my hydration. You know, so everyone's got their things, but you know, I think it's 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 the best recovery drug we got. Mm -hmm. so supplement anything yeah so would you say that um is there a certain point where you get past like obviously sleeping for 20 hours is probably not not the right <laughs> right deal but but is there a certain point like you know eight, eight hours is good obviously but if you look at statistics or anything do you have any um knowledge behind if it if you get to 10 hours or more it kind of drops off again i i think I think I'll, I'll defer back to what I said earlier that I think it does look at, look differently for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I think the important thing is quality of sleep. You know, I, I wear a Fitbit, it tracks my sleep. You know, what, what's your deep sleep? What's your, what's your light sleep? And, and, and how much time are you spending in those, in those zones? Um, you know, if you lay in bed for eight hours, but only have, you know, 10 minutes of deep sleep, right? Your rest probably wasn't that good. Um, so, I think those are ways, those are ways to track it. You know, I think LeBron said he sleeps 10 hours, you know, that's what works for him. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's, I think it's sort of a, um, it's sort of, you know, whatever, whatever works for you. I, I'm more of like a six to seven, but I think the average is about eight for some people, you know, I, it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, if you're just kind of getting into it, eight hours is probably the goal to start. Sure. Absolutely. We'll talk about hydration. I mean, how important is hydration and having water? Yeah. So, I mean, your, your, your body is predominantly water, you know, your muscle hydration, um, and, and really you know, all of your organs, if they're dehydrated, they're not going to function as well. Um, so you know, especially when you get into this performance model, you know, for basketball or football or whatever, um, if your tissues are not hydrated, they're not going to, going to contract as well. Um, and then you experience things like lightheadedness, passing out, like all that stuff can happen. Just, you know, your blood's not flowing as well. You're not getting as much oxygen to the tissues. There's, there's, there's a variety of, of, um, consequences for not being hydrated, especially during performance. Um, so that's, that's, you know, number two to sleep, in my opinion. I mean, I would rather you drink water all day as opposed to eating whatever your calorie count is, you know, three to 4,000 calories. I would rather you just drink water. I think you can survive on that. You know, obviously that's an extreme example, but, sure. um, you know, that's 
you can't perform without it. I mean, you, you'll just, you, you won't, you won't be at max capacity. And that's just mm-hmm. as simple as I can say it. Yeah. So, I mean, is there, is it similar to sleep where it, it kind of differs from person to person, obviously body weight and the size of the individual, but is there a certain amount of uh, water intake that you should have on a daily basis? Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of numbers thrown around and again, I'll defer at whatever works for you. You know, the, mm-hmm. the guide is obviously the easiest, quickest guide is, you know, what is, what is your urine look like? Is it clear or is it yellow? You know, what, what, what are you eating also? If, if you're consuming a bunch of carbs, um, you're going to need to consume more water. I mean, obviously carbs are a very important energy source. Um, but that water intake, I mean, there's also a recovery component to this. I mean, even when you're sick, right? They always you know, push fluid, push fluid. Um, because you, you need to give your cells, your immune system, all the organs, the resources it needs to heal. It doesn't have the proper fuel. It can't work. And um, I think, so the average human, you know, the average person, I would say uh, defer on the side of more, you know, Um, maybe I would say close to maybe over a hundred ounces a day. It's going to be more for athletes. You know, that needs to start. We give, you know, we give electrolytes, you know, that just in what they're going to be doing from an exercise perspective, um, the sweat loss, the salt loss, you know, we, we also supplement with, with the, um, electrolyte with you know, magnesium, potassium, um, so they can retain water as well. Salt helps you retain water. Um, it's going to be much more for athletes, but I always say definitely start hydrating the night before, um, when you wake up. And, and definitely really start hydrating maybe three, four hours beforehand. It really should be a 24 seven thing. Um, uh, we both know that that's not always the case. Just kind of life gets in the way, but um, you know, the, the, the takeaway is, is just your urine. If your urine's yellow, you're not hydrated. You know, yeah. Be more clear. Easy indicator right there. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So obviously there's a lot of things right there. You just talked about a living a healthy lifestyle. I just kind of want to pivot real quick and start talking a little bit about leadership because like we talked about, you've been around a lot of different uh, sports teams and organizations and cultures and seen a lot of different things. Uh, you know, what are some things if you were to take away, like what is, what does leadership mean to you? Um, so I'll go back on a story of my grandfather. Like I said, he, he held, um, he held a lot of leadership positions in GM. Um, but I'll, I'll share a story about him from my freshman year in Miami. Um, at this point he had passed away and I got a, a random email. It was an email and it was from this guy who had worked for my grandfather. And my cousin also went to Miami. She's also an athletic trainer and she was on this email too. And the email, he's like, hey, I, I would really like to have you guys over for dinner. Um, and I'm a naive 18-year-old kid at this point. I'm like, oh, yeah, gosh, I don't want to do it. You know, I want to do this, whatever. But, you know, it's my grandfather. I knew my grandfather. Um, let's go over there. So he goes, we go over there, and, and um, he, you know, we're all having dinner. And, and he essentially, what, what had happened was, um, GM was laying off employees and my grandfather um, 
essentially saved his job. And um, he told us that, um, you know, essentially he saved my life and he always valued me as a person as opposed to the production because that plant getting shut down would have been, um, you know, it would have been less work for, for my grandfather, but that's not how we wanted it. Like he, he wanted to, he valued the person over the production. Um, so leadership has all these different views and all these different definitions and, you know, the ability to inspire someone towards a common goal. But to me, leadership is someone that, or, or a leader or leadership is someone that values the person over performance, the person over the player. Um, so that, that's what I always think of is, is that example, what, what are your people saying about you as a leader? What type of legacy are you leaving? Um, and, you know, at the time I didn't appreciate the story. I didn't appreciate what I just said, but here this guy is, he's so thankful for everything that my grandfather did for him. And, and a lot of people in the area. Um, and that really resonates with me in terms of how I go about things. And, and that's one of the things I really love about Herman's program. Um, Bob has a, he, he's, he's, Coach Richie has developed this further demand program and essentially developing a player off the court is more important and will develop in, in, in essence, will help them as people in life as also as basketball players, you know, um, personal performance. And, you know, if you look at how I go about things, like it would be very easy for me to be like, all right, here's my starting five. Okay. These are the guys I need to focus on. These are the guys I'm pouring my effort into. Well, I, I try to make a very conscious effort. One through 17 doesn't matter who you are. Um, I'm going to do my best for you, for my, for your performance, because, um, all of that matters, that impact matters, that my advice to them in terms of their health, all of that matters and will stick with them. And, um, you know, I still have people that, that, and players that still call me for stuff that still, that I still talk to because there's a trust there and there's a relationship there. And I think that's what really speaks to what type of person you are what type of leader you are. Um, and I'm very much a lead by example guy, you know, um, I want to be the model of health. That's, that's it. So anything that I do will be, will be in that direction. Everything, everything is messaging, you know, um, what I'm eating, how I'm, what my routine is, how much I work out, all that stuff is noticed, especially for a healthcare professional. Um, you know, it, 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 it can be, or I should say it is a pet peeve of mine when you have a healthcare professional that doesn't necessarily keep, take care of themselves. How can you take care of yourself? If you, you know, how can you take care of a team if you can't take care of yourself? Um, so um, that's very much my philosophy is person over the player and um, lead by example. Every, you know, every, someone's watching at all times. You know, if I got a plate full of French fries and, and potato chips, people are going to notice that, you know, that's just, is what it is. Like every, everything you do is going to be noticed, especially when you're trying to promote health. So, um, 
you know, very, very proud of the relationship piece and, and, and how we go about it here. And, um, yeah, you know, that's just, that's, that's what I believe leadership is. You know, there's a lot of ways to go about it, but, um, take catering to the individual is, is the core. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, one of the things, there's a quote that, you know, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. I think that's, uh, can be so true in leadership where, and looking back at your experiences and just being around you for the season I was, you know, the guys love being around you, <clears throat> but you're also a great example for them. Like you talked about, you're trying to model those things that you ultimately want to impact in the guys within health and within just really relationships too, not just health. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I want to touch on is, as you guys went through COVID this past season, you talked about routine, you know, there's probably not a lot of routine in COVID that it's just shifted around, right? You've had to deal with a little bit of adversity where you, you're able to have somewhat of a routine and then all of a sudden that's just kind of turned on its back. You just don't know what's going on uh, one day to the next. How do you still, or how do people or yourself stay disciplined when you kind of have that routine shuffled around and you still need to maintain that, that health component of it, the leadership component? How do you stay focused and disciplined in that environment? Um. So, yeah, I, I think if you talk to any coach, I think you talk to any athletic trainer this year, um, I think, you know, the, the one most notably I can think of is Dabo Sweeney. So, you know, he schedules his, his entire season out 13 weeks and 13 months in advance. And COVID, you can do that. It's hour to hour, minute by minute. And um, so it had to be very flexible. And to be honest with you, routine is very tough. Um, for me personally, I think it's easier for me to sink into routine during the season because there's a structured schedule. Hey, you know, we're going to leave here. We're going to eat here, you know, wake up at this time, breakfast at this time, there's routine there. Um, so that certainly helps. Um, what I'll say in regards to COVID is um, control the controllables, control what you can control. Um, and that starts with preparation. That starts with, um, you know, just being aware of, of, of the situation, you know, like I, I mentioned earlier, like getting a positive case, you know, that can flip your day in a second, you know, all of a sudden, like, you know, you have a positive and we were very fortunate this season, this past season, we did not have a single case. Um, but, you know, you get a positive and now all of a sudden you've got to contact trace this person. And now all of a sudden, Hey, you're, you're five man's out. And so is your, and so is your point guard. All right, coach, like they got to go into quarantine and uh, you don't have them for tomorrow night's game. Go find a game plan, you know? So um, routine was definitely very difficult during that time. Um, but again, you know, I'm doing the extra time that it took with COVID. And again, it's all perspective, right? You know, I'm sitting here swabbing noses. I probably did over a thousand tests this year. Not what I wanted to be doing, right? Um, but there are, there are definitely people that were affected a lot harder with COVID than I was, you know, I was very fortunate to be, you know, I'm still, I still have a job I'm still watching college basketball. I'm still working with a team, you know? Um, so again, control what you can control because, um, and, and I think I was very well prepared for that because I think, you know, even, even before COVID, you get an injury during practice or you get an injury during a workout, like your day changes immediately. And you always have to be flexible. Like it's, 
athletic training has always been a very fluid and dynamic work environment where no day is the same. And that's part of the, that's one of the things I love about it um, is, is that factor. So, you know, I think we were all very well prepared. I think if you look across the board at how athletic trainers handled COVID, um, we all deserved a giant applause because I think we handled it pretty well, you know, um, it's a tough situation for a lot of people, but at the same time, I think we're all just, there was, there was a point where I was like, man, I just miss sports. I just miss watching practice. I just miss all, you know, you're sitting there at home and there's, it's not, there's nothing on. It's like, you know, for me, if someone that, you know, I, I watch sports at home and I come to work and I watch sports, you know, it's just like, man, what do I do with my time? You know, I ended up building a giant playhouse in the back of my yard just to, try, just to stay busy, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, for, for your kid, right? Yeah. 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 Definitely. <laughs> Both sides. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's it, uh, very, very tough to keep routine but at the same time. I think we handle it really well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a tough, tough situation to, to come upon, but it's just how you handle the adversity and, and move in. And going into that, like when you go through these experiences, one thing that's common is that you guys are on a common path and a common mission. Um, you guys are working towards, you know, winning a SOCON championship, you know, succeeding, not just on the court, but like you said, with Coach Richie and the Further the Man program, you're trying to help them succeed off the court as well. So you, you guys all have a common mission. And one thing I want to talk about, especially with you, is the word that comes to my mind is service. So we can talk about servant leadership, but as an athletic trainer, you are there for the guys, for the staff, for the organization as a whole. And talk about just like diving into, you know, a common mission, working for something, striving for the same uh, objective. And what does that look like for you and being more of a servant leader? Um, yeah, I, I think, I think that is the essence of athletic training. Um, everything that I do, you know, all of this stuff, the force plates, the connects on system, you know, the, the CU courses, all of the extra knowledge, the extra reading, you know, re reading research articles, all of that stuff. Yes, it enhances my knowledge, but all of that stuff is is really for the players. All of that stuff is really to um, help them achieve their dream. And um, the most rewarding part of it is, you know, for whatever reason, and and I'll 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 say them by name because I you know I this is someone that you have experience with, um, Matt Rafferty. Okay. He, and, and this, this guy, for whatever reason, um, had a tough run of injuries and he ends up his senior year, having a career year going to play overseas. Uh, we were ranked that year. We beat Villanova. We beat Loyola Chicago. Um, and it was on his back and, you know, he was, he missed his entire sophomore year um had to have a couple surgeries and um it just it just is so gutting to watch him go through this stuff right and the most rewarding part you know just speaking of servanthood is I, I just remember during those times like I wanted the best for him and I wanted to work so hard to have him back you know that's it, it, was, it was killing me to have him here he's an incredible person incredible human being and um that's just all I wanted. You know, everything that I do, I read, I, 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 you know, find on social media, whatever. Um, 
it's all for the it's all for the players it's all for the program and um you know that the driver is is winning you know i want to win too but at the same time the most rewarding part is when you have a player go through something like that and at the end they're able to meet their potential there's nothing like it you know you feel like you just feel like job well done you like a part of you did that you know and um i'll i'll remember him forever because of of that situation and his trust in me and um you know it's 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 so much more than just winning you know that's affecting someone's life we did this exercise coach richie this exercise called the four h's and you go over the history you go over the highlights the hurts um and he go he comes in and he's talking to the team. This is just an exercise to just get to know your your teammates. You know, highlight of his life is not having back pain. You know, and I hear that and it's like, what I do is so much more than just wins. Like I've just affected this life by his life by eliminating his back pain. You know, obviously, you know he he puts a ton into it too. Like his work is certainly important in this um but a lot of it's my direction and um the guys sitting here saying hey the highlight of my life is waking up and not having back pain what's better than that yeah and yeah that's, that's such a great story and one of the things about raf um is we just talked specifically about him there's many other guys you work with but what were the things that he did that earn that respect from you um no complaints never complained um it was uh, there were moments when he was down i'm sure um you know it felt like we'd be doing therapy for four four or five hours a day sometimes um not a complainer hey what's next i'm gonna be back always a positive attitude um strong face <laughs> if you know raf that's a strong face you know not a whole lot of emotion from him um you know, he had his moments of initial, you know, disappointment, especially, you know, re-injuring. Um, but he handled it. I mean, it's, it's so amazing the way he handled it because it was, um, yeah, he, he handled it like a champ. Strong face, what I would say. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things I want to touch on because um, you know, I was only around for a season with him, but uh, when I think about, Matt Rafferty, I think of like solid and steady. Like he's a leader by example. He's not gonna doesn't have to say a ton of words. Like he's gonna work hard every single day, and um, you know it, it, that that type of of person and a character like that that helps earn respect. So and just and that comp, he's also very competitive too. So it's it goes uh, without saying that competition is really important to be competitive and to want to be the best that you can be each and every day for the common goal of the team. Uh, the organization that you're part of, whatever that means. And, and so that's critical. And obviously it really goes back to your story as well, because you're competitive, like you want to win, but you also want to help the organization as a whole. You want to help each player. You want to help the coaches and you guys are on a common mission. Um, and so all of these things, as you do that over time, the relationships and the trust that's developed and established um, are the bonds that you talk about before with your grandpa and the stories like all these things, they matter. And it doesn't just matter about winning, but it also matters in life. I mean, people can look back and they have these relationships with people that they had, you know, 
20, 40 years ago. And it, it means a lot to them. And, you know, Raph, Raph, like it was just as simple as that back pain, like being able to help him through that and have that servant mentality that to, to really want that for him um, is pretty cool. And so that's a really cool story that you shared right there. Um, I want to kind of wind down a little bit on your time a little bit, but do you have any favorite resources about, you know, the things that you're learning, uh, books, podcasts, whatever it might be, or ways that you grow on a daily basis? Yeah. You know, I mentioned, mentioned my, my season routine. Um, I feel like think about this last night during season, you have all the bus rides and all of those things. So a lot of my, a lot of my podcast time and a lot of my reading time, um, it happens in, the, in that in that time frame. And you got some, we got a couple of kids running around. It, it makes it t- tough to kind of sink into a book. But um, the one I've been listening to recently is um, the podcast. I listen to Bulletproof Radio a lot. Uh, I don't know if you have you heard of that one, um, Dave Asprey. And similar set, setup to this. Interviews a lot of experts, and it's all health based. It, it can get really sciencey um, for all the science nerds out there. But that's the one that I've I've, I've recently um i've recently done the most i I do read i'm currently reading um grain brain which is dr perlmutter it's um you know another food source um what's in our foods type thing um kind of going through that one i I got a few works i got a few going currently reading um deep work of the team which is it's kind of a book about you know how we focus and distraction social media and and um that's what I would say. I would say mostly reading books and the podcasts here and there. But again, that's that's cyclical all during the season. So, um, and you know, a lot of a lot of times, especially in this industry, um, these conferences, these uh, there's a lot of athletic training conferences. We're all required to do CEUs uh, as well. Um, my goal has always been one extra certification a year. You know. Um, but a lot of it is just word of mouth. Like you get to these conferences, you're like, hey, you know, check out this injury that I saw. Like, this is what we did. You know, this is what worked. Like, all that stuff is is more valuable um, in terms of how to handle something, how to handle a situation. In terms, you know, it's because it's athlete training such a niche um, market that it, you know, there aren't there's not a whole lot of information out there. Not a lot of people even really know what we do. Yeah. Um, you know, so um, when you get to talk to people in the industry, you know, those are always that's always the best resource, but you know, a few podcasts and books and yeah, try to get them in when I can. Yeah. But you're always trying to constantly learn and constantly grow. So, right. uh, one of the things as we go into this little fire round, I'll just say, say a word and you can finish it however you want to with this, uh, with one word or a sentence. So okay. prep, preparation means, um, preparation, preparation is separation is one that gets set around here a lot. You know, if you go into a game prepared, um, the other team doesn't, you're already a step ahead. Um, from my standpoint, you know, being prepared for any sort of any sort of event, I mean, it can go really poorly if I'm not prepared. So just to be real short, concise, preparation is separation. Awesome. Love it. Favorite uh, vacation spot? Um, that I've been to or want to go whatever you whatever you feel <laughs> yeah so I, you know, besides I, Tulsa Oklahoma yeah yeah um always had I think for the lake there's just something there's just a quiet about the lake um you know anytime I get the opportunity to go whether you know, it's your friend's place or whatnot um that's that's 
that's it. Not that it's a dream vacation. I've always had this, always had this infatuation with Greek Roman mythology. You know, the Colosseum. Love to go to Greece, Rome. Um, yeah, one day, one day, one day. Awesome. <laughs> Focus is. Um. So I, I think I. Think about this one last night, and mostly just because I'm I'm reading this book. But focus, focus is deep work. You know, it's it's just on my brain. I, the way that um, as distracted we are as a society, um, really making a deliberate effort to put that focus in, um, and, and putting in place an environment where you can really lock in on something. Um, that's gonna that's gonna be where you make the most growth is if you can get to that deep work and that's something that is very hard in athletic training especially as much as we get interrupted um and something that I, you know to be honest with you is 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 an area of improvement for me in terms of in terms of and i think we could all probably improve in, in that area as well absolutely uh favorite athletic training experience I know it's probably tough to boil it down to one, but yeah, yeah. I was trying to think about this one. I, there's so many stories and, you know, so much barbershop talk, but um, I kind of touched on it earlier, you know, seeing that athlete getting back from where they were, the experience with, with Matt Rafferty and, um, but certainly hard to compete with, with knocking off two final four teams from the previous year on the last second donk. And uh, you know, going into Villanova in a brand new renovated arena and, and beating them like those are those are two definite highlights. But you know, at the core of it, it's it's seeing people you know succeed and reach their goals. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been very fortunate, and it's been it's been fun, especially you know, my first year going nine and twenty, and you know now we're setting we're setting program records and wins. So um, it's it's been it's been fun. Absolutely. It all comes down to. Um, it all comes down to habits for me. Um, your habits define you. What you do in the dark will come out in the light. And, um, you know, how you prepare, you know, what's your structure, what's your routine. Um, you know, we boil it down to basketball. You know, if, if you're putting in the work, you're getting the shots up. You know, when you get that wide open look, are you going to knock it down? Like, are you confident in your in your preparation? Are you confident in your habits? Um, is your diet right? Is your sleep right? Um, how are you taking care of your body? Like, do your habits rep do your habits match your dreams? Love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're done with the fire round. And one of the questions I was thinking about, I just thought about just now, actually, what's your favorite fixer upper episode? Oh man. <laughs> Oh man, I would say all of my watch with you, big guy. There we go. There we go. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, you know, I still kept catching episode here and there, but I haven't watched as much as I as I did that year, that's for sure. Yeah, so credit to you. I think the first time I ever watched a fixer episode was on the road when we'd go on a road trips you my roommate. So we got to watch a lot of HGTV that I had never watched any before. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, I came back when I moved back to Tulsa, got a there house go. and did a little fixer up episode. So there you go. There you uh, go. A little inspiration for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You were the you were the key <laughs> inspiration to put making it all work. So anyway, um, is there a certain piece of best advice you've ever received? Uh, yeah, I would say. Um, and I kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, is that a lot of times in athletic training, um, you got to be able 
to, in order to take care of other people, you got to take care of yourself. And uh, this is one, uh, is it the best, but it's definitely the one that has stuck with me the most. My father-in-law told me this one and his advice to me was retire a little bit every day. And um, to me, that just means prioritize yourself too. Um, it's very easy in athletic training to give, 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 give. You know, your family man, you're, you're trying to give, trying to give so much to the program. You're trying to, you know, make everyone else great, right? Um, well, sometimes what can get lost, it can be, it, it can be at the expense of you. And, um, you know, he, when he, when he told me that he gave me this old, um, it's, it looks like it's been run over a hundred times, but this old, old golf hole. And it's, you know, it's kind of like a semicircle and it's got certain holes with certain point values. And it looks like it's a hundred years old, but he gave it to me. And, uh, it's something I put in the garage and, you know, I'm a big, you know, I love to golf. That's, that's just like the safe haven, you know, like that's, you're just outside, it's quiet, you know, you're with your thoughts and it could be with your family or friends, whatever. And, uh, you know, I'll just hit some putts out there. And, and now, you know, because I do that, my son, you know, every single Saturday, Sunday morning is like, Hey, let's go, let's go to the garage and play golf, you know? And, um, it just reminds me of my grandfather, you know, we always play golf together. That's what my dad and I do. That's just, you know, that's, that's our thing. And so when I see that, I think, Hey, retire a little bit every day, make sure, make sure you're taking care of yourself too. And, um, it's been good for balance. Um, and, uh, yeah, that one, that one stuck with me. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. Well, this podcast is called building excellence. What does building excellence mean to you? Um, yeah, I, I think excellence can be defined a lot of ways. Um, again, I, I would say, and I was thinking about this one last night too. There's a, I think it applies to me. Um, this is a John Wooden quote, one of his, um, one of these wooden books, he's got a million of them, but I'm, I'm sure you read a couple. Um, things work out best for those who make the best of how things work out. And, um, you know, the, the way our workday can change in, in a dynamic environment and, and you just got to make the most of the situation. And COVID is a perfect example. Like, you know, we didn't, we didn't necessarily expect to be the ones having to contact trace and, and doing all of these things um, for the safety of the team, but, um, we did when we made the most of it, you know, because as I mentioned before, you know, a lot of people were affected in a lot more ways. So making the best of the situation, um, to me is excellent. Um, it, it, a lot of that's tied to success and, and just being consistent, you know, um, I, I think that's, that's just a perfect quote for how, for how to go about it. Absolutely. Well, Justin, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for, you know, serving all those guys you work with every single day for the coaching staff. I know I was uh, privileged to get to be around you in the short period of time that I did. And uh, I just appreciate all that you do for all those guys. And thanks for sharing your stories and your knowledge and your wisdom and insight um, to us today. If someone wanted to reach out, well, actually, first and foremost, too, I do want to point out, uh, because you do such a good job, you were most recently, you got a, a, an award for, just being uh, one of the one of the best in the biz. So, what what exactly was that? It was uh, so I, I do mentor mentor some students that have that have, I've had the pleasure of. Um, they've shadowed me for a couple of years now, and uh, this was an award given to um, you know just priests. This is a Western Carolina award that was 
that's usually where the students come from. Um, and they send them all over the place. And I was awarded a distance preceptor of the year just for um, you know, the impacts that I've been able to have on uh, some of the students that have shadowed me, in particular my one this year who nominated me. And, um, she did a great job. And um, I'm definitely involved in that role. Like my, my, I always say my first student, you know, <laughs> was a little rough, but <laughs> I've, I've gotten uh, much better at, uh, at teaching. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's been a good experience for them. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely been valuable to, to have them here. It's, it's been, uh, it's been fun. Yeah, well, I know it's been valuable for them as well, and it's such a well-deserved award, so it's just another way that you give back and, and serve other people. So um, anyway, if someone wanted to reach out to you, uh, learn more, follow you, what, what's the best way to do that? Um, yeah, so my you know my email address is justin.games at Furman.edu. You can hit me there. I'm on social media as well. All of my tags are gamesover23. Um, so you can find me there. All my, you know, all my profiles are, uh, are public. So you can just add me and, uh, you know, shoot me a message. So awesome. Thanks again, Justin. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey everyone. It's Bailey miles. Thanks again so much for tuning in. We hope you found value in the show. And if you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate you sharing the show with a friend, subscribing on Apple or Spotify podcast, writing a quick review or leaving a five-star rating. When you do that, it really helps get the message out and allows more people to hear these stories and help them build excellence in their life, leadership, and legacy. Uh, if you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email. It's bailey at baileymiles.com. Follow us on social. We're on all the different social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Or check out our website at baileymiles.com. Uh, once again, I'd love to hear from you, so definitely do that. And then thanks again for joining me on this journey. And remember, life begins at the end of your comfort zone.